Hello, beautiful souls out there. I'm Kariga. Welcome to Underlying Perceptions. And I'm here to provide my underlying perspective on suicide. See, suicide is a difficult subject to grasp since it is a complex public health issue with global ramifications that requires global attention. According to research and statistics, suicidal behavior differs significantly between males and females, as well as different age groups, geographic regions, socio-political realities, etc. And there are numerous interrelationships between these risk variables. While there is currently no effective algorithm for predicting suicide in a clinical practice, increased recognition and understanding of clinical factors such as the psychological, sociological, and biological factors, it may aid in the identification of high-risk individuals and the selection of appropriate treatment options in the future. It is frequently possible to avoid suicide attempts using psychotherapeutic, psychopharmacological, or neuromodulatory therapies for mental disorders. Nonetheless, it is essential to have regular follow-up from mental health specialists, and that's in order to prevent repeated attempts. So let's go ahead and dive into the sociological aspect. Emil Durkheim, a sociologist, had a theory on the four types of suicide that people do engage in. The four are egoistic, altruistic, anomic, and fatalistic suicide. So here's my underlying perspective on egoistic. The lack of social integration is linked to egoistic suicide. These are your people that are isolated, that feel that they're outcasts and they feel alone and they're outsiders to people. See, these individuals struggle to fit in with groups and to find their place in society. They feel that they receive no social care, no support. So suicide is seen as a way out of this loneliness, this void or over individuation. Egoistic. The other is altruistic. Altruistic suicide can occur when a person's attachment to a social group becomes extreme. We can think of kamikaze. They, they sacrifice themselves based on the group that they are highly and extremely integrated in. In certain cases, individuals have been so completely integrated into the group that they are willing to sacrifice their life in order to fulfill some commitment to the group regardless of the ramifications of their actions. The advantage of the group as a whole or the advancement of a cause to which the group is dedicated motivates the individuals to commit suicide. My underlying perspective on anomic suicide is when people are under a lot of stress and dissatisfaction. They may commit anomic suicide. There isn't enough social regulation in their lives. Anomic suicide is a result of abrupt and unexpected changes in one's circumstances. For example, when someone suffers a significant financial loss, the disappointment and the stress that they experience may lead them to consider suicide as a means of escaping their circumstances. You can think of a person who's rich, has it all, not satisfied with life, committed suicide. A person who had it all then ended up losing it in a bed or a gamble may end their lives. 
So it, it, it's really it's really deep rooted, complex, internal conflictions that really cause a person to take that step in taking their lives. And the last one is fatalistic. My underlying perspective on this one is those who tend to be under close supervision are prone to fatalistic suicide. Their sense of self or individuality is undermined by strict regulations or high expectations, causing the individual to lose their sense of self. We could think of slaves, prisoners as a prime example of this. So slavery or persecution are examples of fatalistic suicide where people believe they are destined to be in such situations and commit suicide as their last alternative to escape. And there are high ratings of suicide for prisoners. And, you know, it's just the fact that they don't have control of their lives anymore to end that misery or that that circumstance. They take the step of taking their lives. So those are four of the suicide types that Emil Durkheim, a sociological theorist, had implemented in his his research. And, um. You know, it's just something to think of. You know, nobody really thinks of these things. Like, there's categories that people fall under, and then there is means of taking the necessary steps to avoid or reduce those feelings or those symptoms that lead to suicide behaviors. Usually, there are symptoms that someone is considering suicide all the time. A person with depression may talk of terminating everything, claiming that they are done with life and not wanting to participate in things that they were used to doing but they'll start utilizing drugs, alcohol, or excessive complaining about feelings of hopelessness, or even self-harming behaviors such as cutting. That's, a, that's one of the big ones out there is cutting, self-harm behaviors, anything that is putting them close at risk of ending their lives. So let's go ahead and talk about preventing youth suicide. Suicide is a severe public issue that affects the young people, their families, their peers, and the entire community. The circumstances that contribute to adolescent suicide are complex. However, we can always reduce these risk factors while increasing protective variables and developing resiliency. It's also critical to recognize the warning signs. They may feel trapped or intolerable anguish crave revenge, and feel like a burden onto others. Other warning symptoms include increased alcohol or drug usage, agitation, recklessness, sleep deprivation, withdrawal or isolation, wrath, and excessive mood changes. And, that, and there's many more. Suicide risk increases when a new or rising habit appears to be linked to a painful event loss or change it's also critical to recognize signs of mental health issues that may indicate an elevated risk of suicide no single person such as a parent teacher counselor administrator or mentor etc can effectively prevent suicide on their own to make this a success to help reduce those symptoms of suicide feelings families schools and communities must be actively participating there must be a developed and strengthened support system. There are programs for preventing teen suicide. 
However, suicide is a difficult topic to discuss because preventative measures need to be improved, especially in these group homes. For our communities, the inner cities, we need more resources and more competent professionals to help these teens, to help these adults, to help these children, and even the elders. Elders deal with it. You know, that also gets overlooked too. You become a certain age or at a certain stage in your life to where you see everything around you perishing. It may cause them to feel depressed because they have nobody. Kids getting bullied at school and not being able to express themselves to their parents or having their feelings minimized because they gotta tough it up and then the child commits suicide. The teen who's going through an identity crisis, not knowing where they fit in or who they truly are, amongst other, you know, overwhelming factors that take a toll on their physical and mental well-being. Suicide risk factors include serious depression, severe traumatic stress, family history of suicide, and or close association with a suicide victim. That's the vicarious trauma, the secondary stress response the secondary trauma response, the compassion fatigue, even the burnout, and many more stressors that may cause a person to be at risk of suicide. And I've worked with many youth that was dealing with suicidal issues, such as ideations, intent, behaviors. It became very overwhelming to why these children are dealing with these crises and it's their background, it's their environmental stressors, you know, that are causing them to feel alone, causing them to feel that nobody is there to truly support them. I had a kid who was younger than 10 in the bathroom trying to hang himself with his sweater on the bathroom sprinkler in the handicap stall. I quickly ran in there, opened up that door, bear hugged him down, and I just stared into him, his eyes and just was like, why would you do that? And then he just got up and just ran away. So I had to, you know, take my measures of letting the treatment team know that uh, he did have a suicide attempt. He's uh, AWOLing and, you know, I went out there looking for him and, you know, I eventually got to talking to him and we came back to campus together. Yeah. And then I went home and it was just, it was just, I had to just stare in the mirror for a minute, you know? So just know that suicide behavior, suicidal feelings, it doesn't discriminate. It can happen to any one of us and it can happen to those close to us. So the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline will be 800-273-8255. And please do not hesitate to get help. You owe it to yourself to prioritize your mental health. I'm Kariga. Thank you for tuning in for my underlying perception. And remember, be real. You don't have to be perfect. Peace.